everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today, we have Janike Stöhr here with us today. Janike is an expert for new work environments, a writer, coach, speaker, but most important, she's a professional job tester since she has tested 30 jobs in only one year. Janike, are you ready? Absolutely. So before we jump right into your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. So who are you? What are your dreams? What are your passion? What excites you? So tell us anything you want about yourself. I'm Janike. I'm from the north coast of Germany. I grew up there and then moved um, in the mid of Germany. But everyone else says it's, the, it's still the north of Germany. But for me, it's uh, the mid. It was Wolfsburg. I worked for VW for quite, quite a long time. And then I had a crisis left and became a job tester and someone who experiments. And I love this work. Great. Thank you. So kind of an experimenter, so to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I have found a very inspiring TEDx talk of you, Yannicke, where you speak about a very interesting project where you tested 30 jobs in only one year. Can you tell us a little bit about the project? So how did you come up with the idea? What was the trigger or purpose and how did you realize it? Yeah, it has been a long story. So uh, the experiment uh, lasted for one year and the time I needed to get there were, um, I think, five, six years. So I had uh, this, um, I wasn't satisfied in my work and I um, searched for a solution. So I, I wanted to find satisfaction and I first wanted to have a career. I wanted to have a higher salary. I uh, consumed a lot and I didn't find happiness in all of that. Um, at least it didn't last for a long time. And then I tried to find happiness in my spare time and I had a job consultation and I read many guidebooks and I um, had a happiness or gratitude journal. I planted plants because my father said, if you want to be happy, you have to become a gardener. Oh, why that? Um, he said it's lasting way of uh, finding happiness because you are in nature, you are um, grounded and yeah, I tried this and it, um, yeah, it was a good time to plant the plants and to have a garden, but uh, it didn't bring me the happiness I was looking for. And then my father became sick, he got cancer and this was quite a crisis for my family because we didn't expect that he just retired and had time to do everything he wanted to do. But he didn't um, because he became sick and then I started to question how I lived my life um, because um, he also worked in the same company and I thought about how I yeah, lived my life um, in terms of always postponing what I really wanted to do and um, looking for happiness in the next step and always in the next thing. And when I reached the next step, then I figured out it wasn't what I, I was looking for. And then I thought, okay, if I live my life like this and I'm 60 and I retire, on which kind of life do I look back and do I want to do this? So um, I left my job and I wanted to study and change careers, but I didn't know where to. So I decided not to study and um, just sent 
one application and I got the spot in the university, but I declined it. I didn't go there and I kept on reading guidebooks. And in one guidebook, I read a story about a Belgium woman who tested jobs. And I thought, okay, that's it because I just um, have to go somewhere, look how I feel there and then decide if I want to um, choose this way. Yeah, that's how I started my project. And then how did you how did you come up with those 30 jobs? How did you select them? Actually, I didn't have enough ideas to fill the list with 30 jobs. Um, when I started and I thought about which kind of jobs I wanted to test, I had 13 on my list. And I thought about what I wanted to become as a child, what other people um, suggested me to become or what I was interested in. So I had a um, teacher on my list, architect, seller, because I wanted to figure out if I could sell, because I thought it was a weakness, but I wanted to prove or check if this was true. And then I started the project and I planned always one or two months be uh, in, in, advance. Mm -hmm. in advance. And then it became a flexible list. So I it changed every few weeks and... Um, yeah, after a year, I had 30 jobs. Very, very interesting experiences. Interesting. And how did you, like, did you get paid for the jobs or did you need to move around? Uh, how, so how did you make it happen? I thought I would have to have education for doing these jobs. But then I, um, when I read about the Belgian woman, I thought, okay, it's a good idea just to test and to tell honestly the people where I apply um, about my plans because it will be obviously if I leave every week um, it will become obvious that I not really want to do this job just to test it out. So I think it's very important to be honest if you uh, want to become a job tester. And I also thought if I would apply at large companies A, they wouldn't be open for it and B, it would take a long time to get me in. Um, and usually you have to do so much bureaucracy that you can start working after one week. And I just wanted to be there for one week. So I decided to go to smaller companies or self-employed people. And there I thought they wouldn't have so much budget to pay me. And for in one week, what, what can I um, add for a value? Um, and I will cost them time to introduce me in the topics and the tasks. So I didn't uh, get paid and I didn't ask for it. Um, one time I got paid. One time I, as a seller, I was allowed to choose a jeans, which was awesome. Uh, and one guy, I got a parking ticket and he paid for it. So, um, but beside of that, uh, I didn't get paid and I had savings and I not only left my job, but also my flat and I quit all my contracts. So I had a very uh, minimum level of life standard um, so I could afford it. And I traveled through Germany and did couch surfing. Oh, wow. So you uh, spent every week or every job also uh, mostly on a, yeah. on a different couch mm -hmm. for free. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Do you, do you remember how much money you needed to spend like per week or per month? Um, no, actually, I, di I don't remember. Um, I, had, I planned to 
not spent more than 1,000 euros, mm -hmm. uh, including insurance and stuff and uh, travel expenses. That was the um, highest amount I paid for train tickets and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it worked out with 1,000 euros. But if, if I spend it regularly per week, like 250 euros, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what kind of jobs did you test? I started as an educator. Mm -hmm. Then I have which, been which field? Um, for one to three year old children because I thought it would be an easy access to the project because the children wouldn't ask um, questions uh -huh. and they wouldn't would accept me and they wouldn't um, yeah ask what I was doing there and I felt quite insecure starting this project and I, I didn't know if I would be able to figure out what the job was about within one week because it's quite a short time. It was a good start but it was really really um, exhausting because you have to lift the children and it's loud and you have to be concentrated all the time because a child hits the other or they find a snail on the ground and put it in their pockets and many things are could happen there and so you it was very very exhausting and but a good experience to uh, start the project with interesting so then what what kind of jobs followed uh, then i worked as a tv producer as a farmer as a seller as a wine grower career counselor architect um, i worked in market in a marketing agency i went to uh, a pathology I worked as a pathologist and then I worked in a museum as a taxidermist and opera agent, leisure park operator, wow. carpenter, politician, midwife. So when you look back now, what was the, the biggest learning from that project? Uh, the biggest learning? I learned so much. Um, I always say or compare it to my educational life and I think... Uh, I think I learned more within this one year than in my school and university time together. So I learned uh, really a lot. Uh, if you ask me for the most important learning, I would say I got access to my intuition again. And this was very, very important. Because um, before I tried to figure out everything in my head and I made lists, like pro and con lists, um, and I tried to find solutions in my head, but I think um, you also have to look how you feel and to include this in, in your decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And why do you believe that you reconnected with your intuition? Why, why was that? Do you have an idea? Mm, yeah, I had a situation which was quite difficult for me because when I was do, uh, starting the project, I had... Um, one interview ahead of me which I agreed to do before I started the project. It was for a real job. <laughs> I mean all the jobs have been real jobs but a paid long-term job and I went there and I got the job and I signed the contract which would have meant that I had to end my project and um, Within, during the nights I woke up because I was so dizzy and the room was moving around and I went to the doctor and got checked and the doctor called and said, um, Mrs. Stir, everything is fine, 
you should think about if it might, might be psychological and if you should um, have a break. And I was within my break, uh, so I thought, what what else should I do? If how do you do a break? How how can you rest? Uh, do I have to go into bed and watch television? How I, I had no idea how to rest actually, and um, it became worse and worse. And I knew I had to quit the contract again before I started. And I had already a flat and everything, um, but then I flew instead to Ireland. Um, I booked this flight a few months earlier because it was so super cheap. And I thought, okay, if I don't don't use it, then whatsoever. Um, and then I got the reminder, um, Mrs. Stir, you have to check in now. I thought, oh shit, this this flight. And then I called the company and said, okay, I can't, I can't come and I can't do the job. And I flew to Ireland instead and rented a van and uh, went on my own across the island. And there I, I had a quite difficult time because it was very, very, very sad because I looked back on the things I had done and then I figured out that every decision I had made in my life was not my own decision or because I wanted to, to do it. Uh, but I decided to do things because I would have got appreciation for it or someone else expected me to do it. And that was a very, very important learning for me. And then I knew I had everything in within myself to do um, or to come up with good decisions. And sometimes you can't do it um, with your head alone. Mm. Yeah, I can, can completely uh, understand the situations because I'm, I'm the same. I also, sometimes when I make the decisions, I also have the feeling like, do I really want this? Or is it because it's like society wants me to do it or my parents would have loved that I do it or some, someone else. So uh, I completely agree. And it's a very important learning in these days, especially. Would you do it again to do this year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have done it. And I learned a lot. So with this learning or with these learnings, um, I don't have to do it again. I mean, I started a new project, but it's different. Mm -hmm. If I haven't done it, hadn't done it, um, I would do it again, yeah. Would you do anything differently? No, because I had, I had to uh, do it this way to get the learnings. So even the hard times and uh, the um, TSI shed were necessary. What was your favorite job? Uh, I got I get asked this question this question a lot, but I can't uh, answer it this clearly because I just accompanied people who were passionate. So I had always the perspective from a passionate side. So the question was rather: Is this job suitable for me or not and um, if I would have to choose a job which was super interesting every job was super interesting but um, I think I would choose the job as a of a journalist uh, because they um, have very many adventures to experience uh, I was I worked for Geo it's mm -hmm. a magazine in Germany about nature and science and the journalists there experience many adventure and I also wanted to do it. But um, now I 
found my own job situation, let's say, or job portfolio, and I'm very happy with it. Well, in the end, now you do the same. You experience a lot of things, now and then you write about it. Yeah, and I um, additionally have the aspect, and I think it would, I would miss it if I would be a journalist, um, because I like to have uh, good conversations, deep conversations, and I want to help uh, people find their orientation or mm -hmm. orientation within their self. And I think this meaningful aspect would um, I would miss. Mm -hmm. Because in a in a journalist situation, you would just like have this one too many communication, but there's not maybe the dialogue. Yeah, you ha you have it because you do interviews and um, if you do a documentation, then you also have deep conversations. But for me, um, I mean, it's very subjective, but uh, for me, very meaningful is um, to help people find guidance. And this aspect would be missing mm. um, if I would just work as a journalist. Mm -hmm. What influence would you say did that project have on finding your own dream job? <laughs> have you found your dream job afterwards? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Um, I always say there, I think there is not such thing as a dream job. I think there are tasks which can fulfill you, yes. It has not to be found in one job. I think it's very rare if some people find everything they want or they are within one job because humans are complex and we have many sides in us and I think it's not black and white anymore so the answer is not I'm an architect and I'm nothing else than an architect it's rather um, what are my talents what do I like to do what is meaningful to me and with these answers you can build your own job but it doesn't have to be in one uh, job which exists already. So it's not like a package that you can buy and like one size fits it all. It's yeah. rather you need to find your pieces yourself and mix them. Yeah, and if you are lucky, um, then you can find it in one job. Sometimes it changes over a lifetime because you have uh, you face different periods or um, life situations. If you have a family, then it's different maybe as before. So it can change over time or I think it's very, for me, it's very good to know I can do different things at the same time. And this for me is perfect, a perfect solution. Mm -hmm. um, finding a dream job is now also an online class that you offer. Can you um, tell us a little bit what you're doing there or why you're offering this? Mm, I, from everything I learned, I found it or I... I put everything I know from the experiment and my former work as an HR officer in a concept for job consultation. And I know it helps people a lot, but I had so many requests recently that I wanted to digitize what I was doing. And I created this class and the first round will start in July. And um, the goal is to find or to have a few theses about what might be suitable for you because I don't think there's one solution. And if you have a few theses um, or hypothesis, then you have to test it in reality because you get feedback and you realize, um, is it how I expected it to be? And am I how I expected myself to be? So uh, you get valuable feedback uh, on the way to find your dream job. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so how does the class more or less work? Is there like a reflection part and then you, how do you set this up? Um, it's uh, based on the concept of job cons consultation. So first um, as an introspection. Um, so you look on your strengths, your values, your um, former career, on why you choose what you chose. So you reflect a lot and then it, um, you, you look on the outside, on the job market and um, um, try to figure out or I, I guide you, uh, you or the, the client through the process of course and um, so you can look on the job market, what would be suitable, what options do I have, which com combinations would be good for me. And then you um, have this hypothesis. Um, then we work on how to um, test and um, check if this would be a good way. Like experimentation and product management, so to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I think it's very uh, important for a sustainable way of job orientation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do it the easy way and just change and um, go for the next. But um, if you want to have it sustainable and, I mean, lasting and ful really fulfilling satisfaction within um, your working time, I think then you have to double check and you have to experience in reality and get feedback on yourself. Mm. I guess also this um, big understanding part in the beginning is, is quite important. Um, way too often uh, when I also talk with my directs, they give me, when I ask them where you want to be in five years, they just give me job titles, head of something, VP something. And I think uh, this is also how a lot of people look for jobs these days. Yeah. And then they become very unhappy yeah. because they don't reflect on what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I like doing. Yeah, also, a very good question that I usually ask my direct is, what did you Google when you're on vacation? Yeah, yeah, it's um, what you are interested in. And it's very important because, um, yeah, I also think this is a huge pool of getting ideas. And um, I think to look inside yourself has to be the first step. Yeah, agreed. So who is the target group or what people are taking those classes or reach out to you for feedback? Mm, the class is for people who are unhappy in their working lives. So um, they had already some experiences and know they are not happy with what they are doing. And they don't have ideas or they have too many ideas. Um, that's the target group. Yeah, that's also the target group of our podcast. <laughs> so I think uh, that you will probably find also some, some people in, in there. Why do you generally believe this is currently such a big topic? Why this is such a big market for this topic? There is the, you probably know it, you definitely know it. There's the Maslow Pyramid. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we are um, on a high level. Um, the highest level is... Um, Self-realization. Self-realization, exactly. And I think as a society, we um, already are on the last level or the uh, level before. So we have the um, life standard to um, deal with these questions. And on the other hand, the job market, uh, we have a low rate of unemployment. 
and there is this war for talent so it's easy to change careers and I think this um, value of security and stability um, is not that important anymore as it had been before. So and it's not about like earning the money, it's really earning the money, uh, yes that's a side effect, but rather what do I enjoy doing? Yeah, it's uh, more about finding yourself and I think it's a good um, development Because I think it's very important also for the society because um, the more happy people you have, the the better I think we um, behave and treat each other. So I think it's a good development. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you believe are the jobs of the future then? Um, definitely the jobs where it can be human because uh, robots uh, are coming and machines are coming. So what the machines can do the machines will do i guess so uh, you have to ask yourself what is um, human and i think very important is to ask uh, what kind of human am i and what are my human skills um, and where can i apply them so um, where you have to use emotional intelligence or creativity i think there you can find jobs of the future so which ones do you think will stay, if we just think of concrete concrete jobs, which ones do you believe are very sustainable in the future? Coaching, definitely. Um, I tested a job last year as a doctor for eco-psychosomatic. It means it doesn't exist yet, but it could exist in the future. And I think it's a beautiful or a very, very good job because it um, eco-psychosomatic means that not only... Um, soul or spirit and body is um, con yeah. connected but also we about or via our skin with the environment mm -hmm. and I think nature is a huge huge thing for the future because um, also in my job consultations I always ask um, what kind of dream do you have and all the people say I want to have a house in the nature I want to spend time in the forest. I want to grow my own food. So there's always a dream like this, always. So I think the um, desire to um, be connected with nature becomes bigger and bigger. The more um, technological things we have and we have in our, on a, we use on a daily basis. Um, so I like this job because it includes nature in he the healing process and uh, I think it's, yeah, I liked it and I think it's um, a very good idea. I read a really interesting Medium article these days also about the adaptability with nature and that we in the end we're a little bit like water, which means like the most happy or satisfying state for us is if we don't have to fight or force something, but rather like really flow with the whole nature process, I think this somehow starts like, do we wake up with the alarm clock or do we wake up because it's light outside and like we are supposed to wake up. And yeah, I also believe that this right now it's like a desire, but in the, in the end I have the feeling also this is getting stronger that people really want to reconnect with what's natu natural. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, if you don't have the connection, um, it's very unhealthy. Mm. I think we tried that now for a few decades. But uh, I also have the feeling like in the 
in the upcoming next decades or maybe centuries there will be a, a big shift I, at least I, yeah. I, I hope so <laughs> so what do you believe how is the working environment in general then change long term or in the near future I think um, I mean I tested last year 11 jobs already in the, in the future field and what I experienced is that um, they are working self-organized uh, and this has a lot of impact on the employees because you have to have a core in yourself to be able to um, adapt to this um, self-organization, I think. So it's uh, really important to find your core and to know how you as a human are because you have to um, take responsibility what, for what you are doing. And I think this is a quite new skill which is required because it hasn't been um, asked in the last decades. It was you got a task from your uh, boss and you had to do it and you shouldn't ask a question why or for what am I doing this but you had to do it and now it changes to thinking yourself again and taking responsibility for what you're doing. This is a major um, shift I think. So in the end also you need to become really proactive and yeah. create it yourself or yeah, and I think everyone is talking about lifelong learning. And if you're not interested in what you are doing, and if you don't want to take responsibility for your own life or working life or for what you're doing, then it becomes difficult to motivate your employees to learn. And I think it has to be the other way around, that people do what they love, and then they are interested to learn. So this would be the better way for me. Do you see that coming through all, let's say, levels of society? Because I have the feeling a little bit, whenever, I, I also believe com completely what you said, but then often I receive that question, yes, this might be working for like a certain level of society, you know, mostly people, you know, with a very good education, you know, that somehow have the possibilities to think those ways, but there might be also levels of society for them it's rather about like earning money to survive to survive do you do you believe that the shift will come for them as well or is is needed for those people as well yeah i believe it's necessary but i believe that the companies have to help them because um they don't have that easy access to and maybe not the time and maybe not the capacity to think about this stuff so I think they have to help them and um, support them and they have to, there has to be also educational systems to um, help them change careers and find something and yeah. I think especially when we talk now what you also said like that some jobs will be taken over by robots. So what, what, what would that mean? Because today I think it's not even taught in school. Like in school you don't at least in my school time, we never asked ourselves what our strengths or our weaknesses because it was really important to be conform and to be like everyone else and to deliver on the things. And now imagine you have like a 55-year-old worker, his job will not exist anymore in two years. I think this is a good idea that you just mentioned that the companies should help those people maybe to reflect on themselves and ask themselves the question, do you have an idea how this could look like? I do have many ideas, but... Um... That will f would fill another podcast, I yeah. think. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's keep it that way. I think it's yeah maybe the job of the companies to come up with those ideas. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of self-responsibility, but um, there are, as you said, levels or parts of the society which are not in this um, good situation to be able to think about it and that they need, need uh, support and help. Mm -hmm. So then what can we do in order not to not get replaced by robots? I think it's important to uh, figure out who you are and what you want to do. And if you are working in this field, I think you always fi will find a way to change and adapt so you will not be replaced. Um, I think the biggest question that usually people have is, I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be for those people? Reflect on yourself, definitely. And then go out and experience stuff. Get feedback on yourself. Look on the way you feel while you are doing stuff. Yeah, deal with yourself or figure out. Why did you believe is this um, feeling aspect so important when you're trying out new solutions, so to say? Mm, I think we do know more than we know. Um, and if you just re rely on your brain or your head by, um, while doing or while making decisions, then I think you ignore some stuff you also know and which is sent to you as a message by your feelings. So I think, or at least I experienced, and everyone I talked to experienced it, um, that if you have a look on your feelings, then you will make better decisions, definitely, and we will have a better life because we know much more than um, our brains give us access to. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this inner wisdom that you also include in your decision-making, so to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you say, okay, um, to all people out there, which are unhappy in the job situations, what's your, what's your like, top three advice that you would give? Maybe not to look for the one and only job, to be open for other solutions, like working in a combination of different jobs. To uh, Another suggestion would be to experience stuff, as I said, um, to, and to talk about what you are thinking about because I think you have to go out with everything you you think about and then you get feedback and then you get ideas and it helps you to to do these experiences um, yeah so talk about it experience stuff and what was the first thing I already forgot <laughs> I think it was uh, especially on uh, the reflection part as well yeah. and um, it's interesting that you mentioned you should go out and uh, talk about it uh, in my first, very first episode, I also interviewed Dev Auschla. Uh, he has a, he built a really great tool called 50 Ways to Get a Job. And he also said, yeah, people need to go out and talk about it. I was just wondering, I mean, I'm a personally a very talkative person and I also are, are really going out. But uh, what I experience with some colleagues, which are maybe a bit more introvert, they feel somewhat embarrassed to talk about that they're not happy in their job and also... Maybe this is also a bit a German thing. You always have to think that you have to hide it because otherwise your employer could find out or you know what I mean? Is there any any advice or any tips uh, for maybe a bit more introvert people how to how to break this? Yeah, practice. Mm -hmm. uh, I myself, I'm an introverted person too. And the more I spoke about it, the easier it became. So you can practice it and will, you will get feedback and you will 
see that it works and that the majority of the people wants to help you and this is so nice to experience because uh, um, before I started the experiment I felt a bit, a little bit um, distanced to everyone around me so um, isolated, isolated. Mm -hmm. and if you experience that there are connections and the people want to help you it's such a great feeling and makes things easier. Mm -hmm. So if you now sum a little bit up all this project that you have done now, you're running also the, the online class now. I also saw you now wrote a book about the whole experience that you did on the 30 jobs. Do you want to uh, tell us a little bit more about the book that you just launched? Also, I saw you on your website, you launched a second book, right, with someone together. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the first book is based on my blog, uh, but it, it includes the personal development I ha have done within this year. And it's about what I experienced in this project and what I learned. And the second book is about how to change careers. So how to get from one job you are not satisfied with uh, to another job you are satisfied mm -hmm. in. And is it like a guidebook where yeah. you can make exercises yeah. or... Mm -hmm. And um, so if people are really interested in, in the whole journey, um, is there any other way how they can get in, in contact with you? Yeah, I, uh, I do have a blog. It's janikestör.com and um, I publish blog articles there and there's my contact and um, everything else I offer. So be welcome to uh, have a look. Yeah, so we will put everything in the show notes. So we're coming to our actual very last question uh, that I ask everyone in the podcast. And it would be if you have, would have like one superpower to change one thing in terms of work environment, jobs or this big field, what would you change? Yeah, I, you sent me the question beforehand, which uh, I am very happy about because <laughs> I had to think about this. And um, I think if I had a superpower, I would give every person on this planet access to their intuition I mean I would be unemployed then but it's okay do you believe that everyone brings somehow intuition but we yeah. it's mm -hmm. rather about we forget to use it yes but then we are really thankful that there are people like you to help us to uh, find the way back to our intuition I don't know I mean uh, I'm I just can speak about myself I'm very happy and I live a very good life uh, in comparison to a few years ago And if I can give people advice on how to get there, I'm very happy to do it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you too.